Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Lucy Clark is the author of The Hike. This episode was guest hosted by Julie Chavez, author of the forthcoming Zibby Books title, Everyone But Myself, a memoir. Sunday Times bestseller Lucy Clark is the author of seven other destination thrillers, which include Waterstone's thriller of the month, The Castaways, and Richard and Judy book club pick, One of the Girls. Lucy's novels have sold over a million copies. The Blue slash No Escape has been filmed as a major international TV series for Paramount+, Plus, due for release later in 2023, and two further novels are currently in development for screen. When Lucy isn't away on research trips, her favorite part of the job, she can be found writing from a beach hut on the south coast of England. She lives with her husband and two children. Lucy, thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to talk about your upcoming novel, The Hike. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's lovely. And I've got my kids here somewhere in the house on their summer holiday. So we're really going to get the feel of this live. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. As I was just telling you, I'm filming directly from the utility room where my washer thankfully is not running at this moment. So that's a win. <laughs> the sound guys will be really happy about that. Absolutely. It's all going to go smoothly. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about your book. I finished it last night. I loved it. I have to say I was so impressed because it was so layered. I really, there were a few twists I didn't see coming. I mean, you can tell you're a pro. This is your eighth or ninth. I was it's counting. My eighth. It's yeah. your eighth. Okay. Right. How was the experience of writing this book? Uh, it was an absolute pleasure, actually. And I can't say that for every book. Um, I've got my copy here of The Hike, which is quite new to me. It's only just landed. So I do a lot of stroking at the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a pleasure to write it because I generally start a book based on the place that comes first and where I want to set a book. And I do that because I spend a year, year and a half writing each novel. And I want to kind of inhabit a world that I'm going to have fun with for, mm -hmm. for the next year or so. So I knew I wanted to set a book out in the wilds of Norway on a on a hike. And it meant that I decided to go there on a research trip and do the actual trek and be out there. Um, I hiked for five days with a tent on my back with my husband and the trails were wild and beautiful. And we didn't see a single hiker in five days it's that remote wow so it was really incredible really fun so I think that for me started the process off on exactly the right foot and from there you know I could come back to my desk in the UK which is where I am now and just really love being in the writing space of this place but also in the heads of four women who are the kind of lead protagonists who I came to love so it was a fun book a really fun book to write Oh, I bet. I love that you were able to kind of revisit that as you were writing too. And I know you wrote in your bio that you really are a writer because you want to go on research trips. Absolutely. That is my number one reason for being a writer is for the research trips. And you know what? When I decided to become a writer, I was in my mid-20s and I'd had another career in advertising to begin with. And I went away on a six-month trip with my boyfriend at the time, who's my now husband, and we had this wonderful six months. We actually traveled across America and Canada and spent a couple of months in Maui. And when it got to the end of the trip, I was very much aware that I didn't want to go back to my desk job and like that be my neat package of travels over and done with. And I just mm -hmm. kept thinking, I want to keep on traveling and I really want to write. And can I make these two things work together? And that sort of led me to, to, to this really. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad. I think you're totally in your sweet spot because you're, I was so impressed by the smoothness of your book. I love the short chapters. That makes, I think, for such a nice reading experience, especially with multiple perspectives. Mm -hmm. But you did a really good job. I think because the friends are so close, you mm -hmm. almost got, from each perspective, you were still getting all the perspectives in each small chapter, which is no small feat. I mean, it was really impressive. I kept going back and thinking, how did she do this? I mean, is that something that's developed for you over time? Or Definitely. yeah, no, tell me about that. Really developed. I would say 
I love I love reading books that are real character studies and character driven. Um, despite me being in the kind of thriller sphere, yeah, I really actually enjoy thrillers that go really deep on character. Otherwise, it's just a plot, and I, I, it loses me because I don't care. So I yes. need to care about my characters, and I've always felt that as a reader. But as a writer, that's really hard to put into practice. Mm-hmm. And I definitely struggled with character to begin with. I think it was like my weakest area. And I would not put a book out there until I was happy with my characters. And it just meant draft upon draft. And it would maybe be like my eighth draft before I finally was like, oh, okay, I really know my character now. And I think over time, I've kind of got into my characters a bit more quickly now. Mm. And definitely writing from giving each of the protagonists a point of view has really helped because I kind of like get into their internal thoughts. So like what they're thinking. And a really simple example might be in my previous novel, One of the Girls, they go, a group of six women go on holiday uh, to, well, it's actually a hen weekend, a bachelorette party, as you'd call it. Yes, yes. Uh, Thank you for the translation. Do you think hen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a hen party? Um, <laughs> and I've got six very different women. But what I love is seeing how if they were given the same plate of food, how each of those women, and I don't think this is an obvious way, but what their reaction may be. And I think like when you kind of just get their internal thoughts, it's not a spoken thing. It's just like, how do they feel like someone, one of them is pissed off that someone else is talking to them while they're trying to eat because this is their moment. And right. someone else is thinking, you know, I don't, I don't really like eating in public. And a third person is kind of fretting about like portion size and just, I don't know, you can get a flavor of each character, just like what they're thinking by giving them the same thing. And they're all very different. I don't know if that makes sense, but for me, it helps me to get into character more. That makes complete sense. And that seems like such a good exercise. The idea Mm. of giving them all the same. And also like you're referring to a simple situation, right? It's not only what they would do in a big moment, but just in a very tiny everyday moment, what are they doing? Yeah. Okay. So I have questions related to that. Now you have four characters in this one. You have Joni, Maggie, Helena, Liz. Very good. Okay, good. <laughs> <Woo>, pass. <laughs> and who are you most like? Well, I know exactly who I'm most like because in the UK, our publisher set up a BuzzFeed quiz and you answered multiple choice stuff and it came out with, you know, you're a Maggie or a whoever. And I did the quiz and the character I really wanted to be was Joni because she's like the cool, impulsive rock star She's just like out there and spontaneous. And um, I got Liz, who is like the checklist person. She planned the trip. She's very organized and efficient and she's on a straight path. Like her friends tease her because she's just so sort of by the book. And I got Liz and I just, I knew it deep down. I knew that was going to happen, but I wanted, I wanted to be Joni. I'm sorry for your loss. That's very disappointing. (laughs) I think, uh, unfortunately, I too identify with Liz. Would love to think I'm a Joni, but no, it's a lie. No, it's. I I think. Do you know what's the fun thing when you're writing other women is that actually in all of the characters they're all really different. And yes, I am more of a Liz than the others, but there are actually parts of me that I put into all of the women. And they might be a very tiny part, which I've kind of magnified and explored if that, you know, was 
an experience that I've had, like Maggie, for example, uh, she's creative and quite bohemian, but very sort of nervous about going on this hike because of her fitness. And she's got a young daughter that she's leaving behind at home and she just feels lost without her. And there's just this awful moment when she says goodbye and she leaves her in the care of her ex-partner. And for me, you know, I've got young children and that whole experience of saying goodbye was definitely something I felt. Uh, and, And even though, you know, we're quite different, I just there's so many parts of yourself that you can put into your characters and then just kind of push them to the to the raising the stakes, pushing them to the extreme, really, and seeing how those characters act. Yes. Well, you can sense that in your writing. You write very beautifully about you mentioned the connection between Phoebe and Maggie. We don't yes. meet Phoebe, but you know, we do through Maggie in yes. that way that which is so interesting, I think, as a mom, you know, you do know other people's families through the women that you're connected to and their children and their experience of them. So I loved that your writing about grief was really profound and beautiful. And there were just, there were even lines I highlighted here. So you definitely accomplished your goal of, you know, having depth behind it because it's true. Thrillers can be sort of formulaic and you're just following the page, but no, this was a page turner. And I also really, I knew the characters by the end too. So that was a gift to me. So I'm so excited for readers to explore it. Thank you. Now, here's the big question. So you become connected to these characters. Obviously you're creating them very carefully. We're going deep. How do you decide who's going to (laughs) die? It's really hard. And you know what? My editorial feedback from publishers is always can we just kill someone, please? Um, <laughs> can, we, can we have a body? Um, and actually, when I did my first draft of the hike, um, none of the women died. I didn't kill any of them off. And I just became really attached. And I wanted the nice ending outcome of them all making it out and have learned stuff and getting out of this wilderness together and having grown together. But actually, you know, I then read the draft back. I had some space from it, read it back and was like, no, the payoff isn't there. Like the the threat that's following these women is so large. And I think it would have felt unsatisfying to have tied it up too neatly. So, yeah, I did have to kill one of them off. And I never know when I'm starting a book who that will be. It's very much kind of in in the writing. Like, I never know. I don't think I've ever started a book knowing who's who's going to die. And quite often it changes during the writing process if I'm like, oh, okay, I think it's going to be this person. And then I might write that draft to be like, no, it doesn't feel right. And mm. go back and then redo it until I find kind of the right the right ending, for me at least. That makes sense. I think it just felt so, I mean, it feels really cruel to say it felt right who you chose, but (laughs) (laughs) one of those, well, I'm sorry for you, but you had to go. I'm glad we're aligned with that practicality, yeah. right? Like in the end, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is what has to happen. Good. Good. Uh, now for you, so this is your eighth book. We talked about that briefly. How over time, what do you think is the thing that you've gotten better at in terms of improvement? What have you improved at the most? What do you think has been, you know, over time, what has experience given you? I think where perhaps my strengths lies now is in 
the pace and suspense. Mm-hmm. I think I've really learned how to structure a novel so that you get that build of suspense. And I think being in the, the thriller space is quite hard for me because it's about how you market a book. And, you know, I'm in, in the thriller space, but I'm not at the high body count, dark stuff happening all the time. And because my books are quite character driven, there has to be that investment at the beginning of a novel where maybe you haven't got all the big page turning drama happening and you're getting to know the characters. And I think what I try and do in that situation is use my structure to try and create the threat to come so that I can clearly signpost to the reader, hey, look, this is a thriller. There are going to be dark moments. This is my setup. But by adding in interludes from things that happen later on in the novel, whether that be a prologue or I have um, mountain rescue interludes from one of the characters in the book, one of the male characters called Leith. And he really, without giving too much away, he lets us know from the beginning that there are women out on this trail, so there's a body, and we get that sense of propulsion from his point of view, even while the women are actually setting out having a wonderful time to begin with. So I think I've learned more about yeah, structure and pacing and suspense as I've gone on, and that's just practice and, and, and lots of reading as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Your books remind me a little bit of Sally Hepworth in the, which I love her books as well, but similar to the, um, maybe a little more thriller, but that same sort of suspense, but so character driven. So I, I appreciate what you're saying where it sounds like, you know, where you started getting to know your characters, but that pacing is so tricky. And I think as a reader, it's, it's hidden. We don't see that if you're reading it, then it's just right. And it smooths right out. But as a writer, yeah, it's like trying to pull teeth. I mean, I just, what do you put in here? And then, you know, succumbing to the temptation to just put in sort of filler that doesn't move yes. anything anywhere yeah, I mean, absolutely right? I hate filler and I think in often in psychological thrillers you get those scenes where 
you know, somewhere you're looking over your shoulder, you can hear footsteps and you're running and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm not into that. I want, I want to feel compelled and the tension because I care about what the characters are doing in that moment. And I think it's a harder way to get paced, but it's so much more satisfying by the end of the read that you, yeah, hopefully you're so invested in the outcome. That's what yes. I'm- Yes, that's a really good way to put it. I remember in certain literary fiction, I know when I've read too much about plants, I yeah. just want to throw the book across the room. Yeah. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> right? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care that there's seagrass. Yeah. I really, and some people love that, which is the great thing about all books, right? Is that you and I are talking about the kind of books that we like, but that oh, yeah. everyone is so different with that kind of stuff. There are some people that would just love to read about hydrangea and, you know, I don't know, tulips (laughs) all day long. All day. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, their soft silken petals would just send them in (laughs) total excitement. (laughs) Tell me about, a little bit more about Norway. What was that trip like? Because I read in your acknowledgments about it and I just thought, oh, I don't know that I would want to do that. I mean, are you a natural outdoorsy person? Was that just like- I am. I am very, I love being outdoors. I'm much happier and better company when I'm outdoors and I love hiking. I've never done a big trip like Mm. the novel. We just where we live, it's a lovely area and we hike a lot. But so for the actual research, it was a proper, yeah, you know, put your tent on your back, take your gas stove, everything that you need for five days. Um, you're out in the wilderness. And luckily I went with my husband who's always really game for stuff like that. And he's a great person. You know, I feel like safe when I'm hiking with him. Oh, that's um, good. But that being said, hiking in Norway felt incredibly different to anywhere else I've hiked because the wilderness is is just so much more vast and threatening and more beautiful. Like everything is more, I feel, in Norway. There's a scene or several scenes in the hike where fog rolls in and it envelops everything and visibility is down to zero. And this happened when we were on our hike and we were up in the mountains and the fog rolled in. You could see it about, it took about five minutes to reach us and you could just see what looked like almost a really dense cloud. And I remember how my skin, I just got goosebumps everywhere. And I felt like as it reached us, it was like an icy fog that I couldn't breathe almost because of the density of the moisture in this fog. Mm -hmm. And my husband would just be like, if he was more than two meters away, I could no longer see him. So it just felt really threatening and really scary. And all your landmarks of like mountains and lakes, everything was swallowed. So you felt like you couldn't really move, but you're just alone in this space. And it it was really terrifying. And, And then, of course, you've got the moment of sheer relief and beauty when the sky clears and it's blue and you can just see all around you. And I think experiencing those things firsthand absolutely brought to life the landscape and also more richly the emotions that my women who I'm setting out on this trail would then feel so it was a really important for me a really important part of the writing process and and loads of fun it was a you know retrospective fun like really hard doing the hike and just (laughs) feeling like you know it rained a lot I was in my period it was just I was like gross and then I got the other side 
and was just like, I'm an absolute legend. I'm a legend. I just did that. It was great. <laughs> 100%. I would tell literally everyone upon meeting them, right? Hi, <laughs> yeah. I'll have a I macchiato. <laughs> and also, do you know what I did last week? Yeah. Yeah. That's Oh, well, that makes complete sense. And you're right. You definitely wrote that well, because the scenes where it's foggy and they can't see anything and they may or may not be walking off the edge of the mountain or toward the DNT. I mean, I, that for me, I was like, oh dear. (laughs) And I think I even said out out loud to myself a couple of times, oh no, oh no. like that. Speaking around the books is a really good sign. So that's great. <laughs> yes, it is. I love talking to myself when I'm reading a book. Or Me that... too. Yeah, continue. You talk to the authors. I was reading Maggie O'Farrell recently, who's one of my favorite authors. And I was just like, oh, Maggie, my goodness. Yes, yes. <laughs> my husband's there like, what are you doing? Who are you speaking to? I was like, my book. Um, <laughs> don't interrupt. <laughs> yeah. We're having a conversation. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very busy. <laughs> Exactly. What's your favorite thing as a reader? What do you enjoy most? You were mentioning Maggie O'Farrell. Oh, I I've just finished reading um tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, which I've absolutely loved. Um, I really it's a fantastic novel, and it it didn't appeal to me at all because it's about gaming, which is just not my world. Um, but the characters are just incredible in it. Um, I I think I love books that are beautifully written but that you're compelled to just whether it's compelled through the the tension in the plot or whether it's just through character relationships I need to just be invested in the characters and care and I think those are my favorite books and if you can blend that like um crawdads with a gorgeous setting then I'm 100% in so I think those types of books are the ones that really get me I've just started Cleopatra and Frankenstein but I'd heard loads of good reviews and it's it's really fantastically written so I'm enjoying that oh I can't wait to read that one I'll put that one on my list really fun really fun yes tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow for me was one I think I'd like to reread yes because it was so rich and certain books I feel like have to be read I, I wish I had had more dedicated time at the beginning, yeah. you know, okay. yeah. the experience just to get, because I loved it, but yeah. I think I would appreciate even more the second time. And that's rare for me. I mean, most books I'm like, I don't have time to reread you. No. And I think there's lots of books that you can read really fast and skim and particularly thrillers. Like I kind of know the bits that I can miss and just skim. That is not a book to skim. And I think if you go into it, maybe reading a bit too fast. Yes. Move the nuance. And you kind of need that to go through. And I read it really, like, I read it in a week, but I read it slowly, you know, like, taking my time with it. Yeah. And I loved it because it went really deep on the creative process to do with gaming, which is just not my world. But I was like, it's all creativity. It doesn't matter whether it's building a game or writing a book or making a show or whatever. It was just, it was really beautiful. Yes. I love books that have that sort of meta element about story, right? We're all living our story and then also but a game to that same point is very very similar and it's if the good games right not the just shoot shoot the ones my kids are probably playing right bless bless their little souls (laughs) love love them so much teenagers (laughs) so tell me this what is your favorite thing about 
once a book comes out, talking about story, I mean, what do you enjoy about interacting with readers? And one kind of side question of that is a couple of your projects are in development for the screen. Have you been involved with that? How How is that process? I mean, once you're done and now it's out there, both yeah. for readers and then developers, what is that like? Yeah, I think outside of the kind of job of just of writing, which is the, the, the great pleasure for me, certainly the TV aspect has been an absolute dream and I've had my third novel which is called The Blue in the US it has been made into a seven-part series for Paramount Plus which is out now it's called No Escape and it was so fun to be part of it I was in the writer's room I went out on set I took my family it was a seven-month shoot in Thailand and gosh amazing fun I and it was the kind of in COVID times and the fact that we got out there just felt like this incredible thing that we even left the country and made it and when we got to Thailand we then had to quarantine for five days and do our PCRs and all of that so the, the stakes felt so high like we made it and then we're like what if we caught COVID on the plane and we can't go on set but anyway we got on set and this particular book is set on a yacht that sails around the Philippines with a group of kind of tra- like travellers and adventurers and I had had this strong vision of what the yacht looked like and this cast of characters and they had just found, like the, the production company had found the most perfect yacht. It was called the Blue. I just went out onto set on a huge catamaran with the director and producer. And we went out to sea and I just saw this yacht moored up, this yacht from my imagination with the title of the book on and met the actors. So I've met over dress rehearsals over Zoom and stuff, but just sure. seeing them out in their costumes on the yacht I, it was absolutely mind-blowing and I'm also so grateful that I set all my books in exotic locations because you know it was Thailand it was gorgeous so that was fun and yes I've got another one has just wrapped now the castaways has just been shooting in Fiji and Greece um, and we went out to set again uh, this summer um, and that comes out I think at the end of this year on Paramount Plus so it's been like oh it's just been wonderful I've loved it and I've learned loads from being in the writer's room about story and plot and dialogue and all of those things which you know is really helpful to bring to the page as well so yeah it's been a great journey that's exciting was there any part of you that had a hard time letting go of anything like in the writer's room was there or was it just this is great do what you will Absolutely. Do what we will. And it's not that I'm like an easygoing, control-free person, because I'm not. I'm like, you know, I'm a Liz. Um, (laughs) But I think I was okay with it because I just always felt, firstly, it's a gift to get your work optioned and made. Like, come on, I'm not going to say, oh, no, because I've got to do this. I'm just like, thank you. Take my vote. But also, like, second to that is that you've got this team of amazing creatives who are just specialists in their field and really bright, creative people. And they're taking your work and the book is always the book and they're just reimagining it as something Mm. else. I'm like, great, what are you going to do with it? And it might not be the end product that comes out matched, matched to the book, but it's fresh and new and I I love that. So it's been a really interesting process. and, And yeah, I haven't had any qualms about letting go of control thankfully <laughs> you didn't decide to be a full tilt diva just really I make everyone's to. life yeah of course my, of my course. sister-in-law did say when you get onto set you just go no not that <laughs> not that and I was like 
I'm not sure that's me, but maybe I could try it once. <laughs> Thanks for the advice, and that's I'm going to pass. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad. Sounds bad. <laughs> that makes sense. What, and I know I kind of combine those questions. So what is your, when, so when we're talking about readers, what's your favorite thing to hear from a reader who reads one of your books? My very favorite thing is if someone sends me a message with a quote in, like a quote that they loved about the book, it always is really meaningful because if a reader says, you know, I loved your book, that's wonderful and that's great. But if you get lots of messages saying that, then I suppose it, it loses like the specialness. But if someone says, this really resonated with me, this line or this character or just something, so I like understand what it is they connected with, I I love that. And also when, by the time a book comes out, it's often a you know, several months or a year since you've written it and you might have forgotten that line. And it's a really nice reminder that, yeah, I worked really hard over like that paragraph or crafting that sentence. And so that's always really nice. And of course, as well, if you're doing live events, which are, you know, back on the menu now, which is great. I think it's lovely when you can sign someone's book and just meet them in person. And I, I love that. It's a, you know, just that extra like eye contact thing is is really nice. That makes total sense. The hours you spent slaving over your laptop, right? Yes. Sweating over it, I should say. Absolutely. Just and not... crying. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I forgot about the tears. Yeah, Gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing how you can put that behind <laughs> you, right? I'm just not going to think about that anymore. Well, yeah. uh, we should end by saying that my line that I loved, oh, I didn't think my, I read it on my Kindle, so I highlighted okay. it because I had your e-copy. I'm going to pull up the note, but it's the line okay. about uh, the line that I loved the most, I had multiples, but the one that I loved the most was about loneliness. Huh. And it was, oh, well, the other one was tension fizzed down the left side of her spine, her emotions showing themselves in her body. That was a line you wrote about Maggie pretty early on. That's and then right. the other one was loneliness wasn't the absence of people. She realized it was the absence of people who understood you. Mm. And that is so true, isn't it? You oh. know, we We've all been there. I remember going to university and being surrounded by people, but not 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 meeting my tribe straight away and just getting like the loneliest person in the city. And yeah. Oh, I'm pleased. That's a good line that you have underlined. Thank oh, you. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, whew, that was, yeah. I, feel, I feel really a lot better about it. No, I think <laughs> the book is beautiful in that way, though, that there are so many small insights you get. It's a very human book. And I think especially for women mm. in the time of life in which many of us find ourselves, which is midlife, you know, yeah. you're kind of both the person you are and the person you want to become yeah. and the person you hope to become. It's, yeah. they all converge. And so yeah. the idea of going on a, a hike in that time with people you love and know yeah. you in all your imperfection is just such a great premise. So it's oh, a wonderful book. You. Thank you. And that's a lovely way of describing that period of life. I completely, yeah, completely on board with that. Oh, it's just so strange, isn't it? We're never done growing, which is kind of dumb, done. honestly, yeah. if you yeah. ask me sometimes. I'm like, I'd like to just have reached the pinnacle of my existence and then Where just my ride wife? Yes. My wife. Yeah, yes. not, not yet, Lucy, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for this time. This was a joy. I loved talking to you. I can't wait to get into your backlist because this was such a good reading experience. And also 
I think I need to sign up for Paramount Plus. So there's you know, <laughs> just a little plug for them too. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been really lovely to chat. It was a pleasure. And we will all be picking up the hike soon. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 